Welcome to the Small Groups in the Wesleyan Way podcast, where we are all about going beyond programs, beyond best practices, and beyond curriculum to recover and learn from our Wesleyan roots and to explore the foundations for small groups that are organized to beat the devil and that produce disciples of Jesus Christ who in turn disciple others. My name is Scott Hughes, and I'm the Director of Adult Discipleship here at Discipleship Ministries. And I'm Steve Manskar. I am uh, formerly of Discipleship Ministries and soon to be of Trinity United Methodist Church in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And today is part two of our episode with Phil Meadows. We get to continue on in the discussion that you and Phil had about baptism and discipleship and how baptism calls us into that, propels us into a, to a, to a wet life, as y'all talked about last, yeah. last time, yeah. of living out uh, the baptized life in which we were called to. Um, and so we'll get pretty quickly into, into the interview, but I know you want to say a few more things about Phil and what all he's yeah, doing. Yeah, you know, in my earlier, my got a little long-winded in my... <laughs> which it's you get excited to, about Phil? Yeah, wrong I, with I that. do. And he, the other thing what, that I failed to mention about him is that he is the co-founder and in, international director of the Inspire Movement, which yeah. is... I think what he, he we talked in the first interview we did with him. He talked about the band, early the Methodist band meeting. And right. That's really you know the uh, the Inspire movement, which is an ecumenical network seeking to resource mission shaped discipleship in leadership and in the life of the church. At the heart of the of Inspire is a contemporary innovation or adaption of the early Methodist band meeting. Oh, okay that they call fellowship bands. Um, Inspire, I know Phil, it's, it's been a really powerful movement that he has helped to form and direct in, in, in the United Kingdom and in Ireland, and he's made some inroads here on this side of the Atlantic. Okay. Um, there, there are a few congregations that, practice, that have Inspire fellowship bands, and... Um, I, I've, you know, I tried to get discipleship ministries to publish, you know, try to, you know, we, we, I was hoping to get uh, Inspire into discipleship ministries as something that we would resource and provide training for, um, but that, that I was never able to work that out. But, okay. uh, but I know Phil, that's worth checking out. Go online and so that shows you know, Google what you think in, of it, yeah. Inspire Network. Um, Google that, and you'll you'll find their website, and they uh, have some really excellent resources there. All right. Well, let's lead into Phil. I'm I'm going to guess that your your uh, your uh, listeners are familiar with classes class and band meetings, and if they're not, then they can listen well, to some they, other podcasts, maybe. But they they've heard yeah. about band meetings. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, well, from you. Yeah. Yeah. And and then from Scott Kisker. Yeah. Um, who I also interviewed here. I, um, yeah. Um, and so what what just came to my mind is you know again the model of Jesus. Yeah. He gathers the twelve. Yeah. Right. The named apostles, mm-hmm. the twelve, which is basically a class meeting. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. But he also has. Peter, Peter, James, James. and John—that's mm-hmm. his band, right? Exactly. Right? So yeah. in Jesus, we have yeah. that model of yeah. the class, yeah, which is for everyone, yeah, and then the band, which he right. needs for more intimate, right, 
fellowship, right, and accountability. And and, and what's at the heart of these of these groups? And I mean, there you have a progression of increasing intimacy, increasing right. knowledge of one another's lives, and the increasing ability to live as spiritual friends who um, who know how to exhort one another, encourage one another, but also admonish one another mm-hmm. and rebuke one another mm-hmm. um, because we know each other and love each other and there's growing trust and intimacy and these are the dynamics of these groups that enable that. But how do we, you know, uh, I think that baptism gives us, uh, or remembering our baptism gives us another way to think about um, these small groups. In fact, let me turn it around and say, what if um Theologically speaking and practically speaking, these small groups are the way that we do remember that we are baptized. Mm-hmm. Practicing small group intentional discipleship in this way, um, whether in class or band, is a, is a way of remember. As you said, we're only baptized once, right? But we should be continually immersed mm-hmm. in disciple making fellowship. Yeah. We continually immerse ourselves, you know, mm-hmm. and live wet, you know, in the waters of baptism, if you like, um, you know, week by week, you know, when we, as we meet together and then live that out day by day. Um, and, and one of the images, and, you know, this might freak people out a little bit, but one of, one of the images that I, I, I use in, in, um, in the book about that is uh, picks up the idea, um, the imagery of baptism as dying and rising. Right, it's yeah. it's a little bit more vivid when you think of a, an adult being baptized, and when if you've yeah. ever seen that, you know that people are plunged into the water, right, yeah. um, and and then raised out of the water like Jesus was, and and except in this instance, it's it's a it's a participation in the dying and the rising of Jesus, isn't it? You know, yeah. it symbolizes yeah. going under the water, being buried. Uh, this Paul Pauline language of being yeah. buried with yeah. with Jesus and then being raised to new life with him um and and so it, it this is about kind of dying and rising and, and the and so that kind of led me to think okay so when you baptize it well, uh, even with infants some the person doing the baptizing is somebody who actually puts that person under the water you, know, you don't just you don't just like bob in and out yourself <laughs> Somebody's killing you. No. Yeah. Right? See, this is a bit of a shocking metaphor, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, put to death the former life. In, in baptism, the, the person baptizing in the whole community is, is essentially, in the moment, moment of baptism, actually signifying their, the corporate activity of putting to death the old life. Dying to your old life is not something you can do by yourself. Mm-hmm. It has too great a grip on you. You want to be free from the, the powers of sin and death over your life. You have to ask other people to put you to death or help you be put to death, mm-hmm. right? So that, not just so that you can die, right? But right. so that they can also help you be brought out of the water yeah. so that you can truly live and then get out of the water and, you know, live wet, <laughs> live yeah. this new, yeah. new life. Yeah. Well... So one of the things that one of the ways that I, I describe, you know, um, the small group fellowships in the book is that, you know, where people put each other to death. Hmm. And actually, when you when you and this is rooted in Wesley's the language and his prayers and the way that he speaks about this, you know, that we we help one another and one another to do this, to die. We help one another to die, to continually die. This dying to the old life is not just something you do once in the moment of baptism. Hmm. 
death and resurrection is not just a moment it's 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 a movement mm-hmm. of a, a movement um, of lived discipleship and and not something as we say you can do yourself you know um, but something that you need other people to help you mm-hmm. help you to die and help you to rise mm-hmm. you know and live out that life so so that, just one of the ways that, you know, <laughs> to, to perhaps a, a very a provocative, baptismally shaped way of thinking about, about what, what happens in these small groups, um, uh, which is, a, which again, I just, I always feel like I need to keep circling back around saying, and it's a joyful thing, cause, <laughs> because people have in this mind that, you know, this is, we've just got to do this stuff because it's like miserable, you know, and, and yeah, like, it, yeah. it's painful and it's, and, and in one sense it is, it can be painful, but 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 truthfully, you know, um, especially in, in, in this Lent, I've been thinking, pondering many, many times again um, of the, the, the scripture that speaks about, um, in, in Hebrews, I think, isn't it? it speaks about Jesus going the way of the cross for the joy that is set before him, mm-hmm. you know. And I think that's, that's our calling um, through, you know, in, as baptized people to live as baptized mm-hmm. people and those who keep living out that baptismal reality of covenant, of dying, mm-hmm. of rising, you know, um, of, of, of being filled with the Spirit every day, you know, being renewed in that. That's another way of remembering our mm-hmm. baptism, etc. All of these things. It's so rich. It's so rich and living. It's a li- rich and living reality, not just something that we remember. So remembrance does not mean um, recalling something that we once did, like rem- like the Eucharist, you know, or, or commu- Holy Communion is remembering it's about it's about bringing back into our lived current experience the truth that that it signifies you know that of our identity of our discipleship bringing into the present yeah what happened right what jesus did so that's that greek anamnesis right exactly that's translated as to re to remember to dismember is to take something apart in it right. to remember is to put, put it, it back. back together again right. right and and so it reconnects us in a lived way to represent it yeah so in a way we don't get we're not rebaptized in the sense of that moment of being put in the water at whatever age that might be but in a sense um, we're kind of re-immersed in what all that means, you know. And, and the question that the book seeks to answer is, um, is how how do we do that, and and how do we get re-immersed in 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 all that? How do we continually seek an openness to the to the gift of the Spirit, who continually stirs up and reminds us who we are, um, and cries out within us, Abba Father, and points us to Jesus and reminds us of what Jesus said and enables us to walk with him and live with him, his spirit, day by day. You know, th- this is the lived reality mm-hmm. that, that the moment, it's the movement mm-hmm. that the moment signifies. And the mo- to go right back to the beginning of this conversation, you know, the moment, if we make the moment an end in itself, we've missed the point. It's yeah. the way that the moment, remembering the moment, reminds us what, uh, of, of the movement of God's Love, spirit, calling, discipleship, mission in, in our life, and the joy of that, that is the, is the key. So then the, in the Wesleyan tradition, the small groups of the, particularly the classes, classes mm-hmm. class meetings, mm-hmm. and the band meetings, mm-hmm. were intentional ways of helping the people 
mm-hmm. live wet yep. or to live out yeah. their baptism. Right. Because exactly. the assumption was that they were baptized. Because, yeah. you know, in early Methodism, they didn't baptize people in the societies. The mm-hmm. assumption was they were, they mm-hmm. were already baptized. Mm-hmm. And they were usually baptized as infants in the church. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And one of the missions of Methodism was mm-hmm. to help them then to live their baptism, to live as the baptized. Right. 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 Well, and, and, and to do, you know, Wesley yeah. describes, you know, I know you and I both have, have written about uh, on the paragraph in Sermon 92 on zeal. Yes. Where yes. Wesley describes yeah. how Christians are made right. and grow right. in love. You know, ze- Wesley defined, you know, zeal, he says, is love. Yeah, loving God with all of our hearts, so it's basically holiness, right? right? Right, right. And so he describes these five concentric circles, right? Starting in the center as love, yeah. seated on the throne of the heart, right. ruling right. the heart, yeah. And then out, then holy tempers are, and then the holy tempers are exercised through acts, works of mercy. And works of piety, and then the outer circle is right. the church, right? Right. In which there he quotes Hebrews ten twenty five, mm. that to where the, the you know Christ brings together the mm. church in order for the people to gather together to meet mm. to provoke one another, yep. to love, love and good works. holy tempers and good works, right? Right. To, right. I just love that idea of. Provocation. The, the, right? the purpose of the of the classes and yeah. the bands is yeah. to intentionally provoke one yeah. another, but we don't provoke one another to to be miserable or to be angry or. I've known a few people like but, that, uh, <laughs> but that and you that's, can find that's them wide of the mark. <laughs> but to provoke one yeah. another to love yes. as God loves, yes. right? Yes. yes. To love yeah. holy tempers, yeah. which is the fruit of the yeah. spirit. Yeah. And good works to be, yeah. you know, as the, the the baptismal covenant says that we promise to live as mm. Christ's representatives in the world, right. right? Right. And I think to you know to, to provoke one another to love, primarily, if, you know, theologically first to love God, right? Yeah. Above all things, come back to you know to 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 live in the in the in the presence of God. Um, and the, the fullness in the presence in the presence of the Lord there is fullness of joy and back to my theme it's because you know I'm a miserable Yorkshireman so I have to keep reminding myself that this, is so joy, this is joyful stuff but but um, uh, but you know and 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 again over and over again in Wesley's right you know we, if we get that right you know uh, then everything else flows out from that center right yeah. of, of, of love but I think one of the one of the um, uh, one of the kind of things to wrestle with, um, you know, is this is you you mentioned that the context that Wesley was in was was he, he was in a Christendom context where people you know were were baptized normatively as infants, you know, um, and and was bringing them into this this movement, this uh, mm-hmm. discipleship movement that was early Methodism, um, and 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 part of the uh, you know. I've been trying to dodge the whole kind of issue of of regeneration, you know, or or new birth and and and, and infant baptism, and does that make infants born again, you know, through yeah, and all of yeah. that and all of it? Well, in many ways, Wesley was was a good Anglican, of course, and believed that that was actually the case. But then he also has these rather troubling kinds of things that he says, like, you know, you because he runs. So on the one hand, he knows that he's speaking to to to. Um, 
to people who are, have been baptized as infants, and mm-hmm. when he's especially when he's addressing churchgoers, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and then, all, but his message is, you must be born again. Yeah. Wait, hang on. Isn't but but we've been baptized. Why do we need to be born? Again? We were born again when we were baptized as infants, you know. And then was he well, says, "Well, I know someone. <laughs> I, I don't remember if it was. I think it was in a letter." Yeah. Wesley writes that by ten, he believed that by he, right. the time he was ten years okay. old, he had sinned away his baptism. Right. That, that's that's my point. Is yeah. that, that that in Wesley's mind, the problem is then the way that he the language he uses is sinning away. Yeah. Right. We, because you know we may have received grace through the sacrament in in uh, in baptism as as infants. But we've essentially, you know, um, uh, used it up and, and betrayed it, you know, with every willful sin and yeah. so on. And, and that comes back to this point about intentional, intentionally discipling. This is not, intentional discipleship is not just for, for adults. You know, we are supposed to, if we baptize infants, I mean, the ideal is that then we would be, in, they would be intentionally, we would be intentionally baptized. Uh, uh, discipling them too because we've, we've baptized them into that kind of uh, life and so why would not class and band style relationships actually um, define the way that we nurture and educate our children mm-hmm. why do we think that we have to have some special kind some different kind of entertainment driven you know ministry for children you know with the vain hope that if we do anything else, we'll lose them, right? From the right. young people, yeah. right? And then maybe if they, you know, kind of get serious when they're older, we'll tell them that these things as classes and bands. Mm-hmm. What, what if, you know, actually, um, our whole, for want of a better word, program, you know, for or thought about how we, how we disciple children and young people is in classes and bands. Wesley did that, right, and, and encouraged and that's that. Why we encourage that, and and, for, and right, exactly, and and when we do too. I mean, right. in 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 our movement, we we have uh, the youngest of children. We ditched, we stopped my, my our our kind of inspired for kids to stop doing Sunday school mm-hmm. in the traditional way at all, you know, or, or and, and simply um, we get uh, get um, parents and. And our uh, children's leaders and youth leaders on those kinds of occasions uh, to meet with them in bands and help to mentor and encourage them in those relationships. Mm-hmm. And it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so this is kind of... So he goes around saying, um, you know, to the baptized, you need to be uh, born again. Um, and, of course, he's not saying you need to be rebaptized. No, right. But, but what's right. his answer? How does, that, how, does he, how does he follow through on that? Join a class meeting. Yeah. Become a part of this small group process. Yes. Right. Yeah. And 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 what I've one of the the, the little kind of teasers that Wesley put leaves in his in his works is um, in uh, in the covenant service which I look at in detail. I don't think it's quite as well remembered um, in United Methodism as it is in other Methodist connections around uh, Wesleyan connections around mm-hmm. the world. But the uh, the covenant, the annual covenant service and the mm-hmm. covenant prayer, it's very demanding. People try to avoid it because they they don't like the demands that are in it, right? <laughs> right so, right. Um, but in there, um, and he gets it from a Puritan, the Puritan tradition. Right. But in there, he 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 reflects, and you know, we see in this covenanting with God, you know, to to steward our whole lives for him, for him as followers of Jesus, mm-hmm. you know, to embark in the way of Jesus. He said, in, in, in this we see all of the essentials of our baptismal covenant. Yeah. 
So it's probably one of the more explicit things. If if that covenanting with God and that covenant discipleship, you know, is 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 worked out in those small groups, then you know there's a there's a di- there's a direct connection to be made with baptism, saying you know this is how we work out our baptismal yeah. covenant. What was made for us or by us back then doesn't matter now. What matters is are we living as baptized people today? Yeah. You know whether we sinned it away or whether like my wife, you know, she's just sort of grown up loving Jesus, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, has never fallen away, you know, it's a cradle Christian and always been a Christian, never been away uh, to someone like myself who's a convert, right. Um, <laughs> um, and had to figure out as somebody baptized as an, as an infant by unbelieving parents, that's a struggle for me. You know, should I, should I, should I be rebaptized? It's not really allowed, you know, I, I want it to be, mm. I want it to be. In fact, I was mad. I, I actually talk about this in the book. Mm-hmm. I was kind of mad with my parents that they would, as unbelievers, baptize me and, and, and rob me of the opportunity, you know, becoming a Christian and actually <laughs> choosing to be baptized. Yeah. I mean, if they'd have been Christians and raised me in the church, that would have been different. But they, it was, you know, I mean, I'm third generation unchurched, but it was still kind of culturally normal in England to baptize from this it's rapidly disappearing now, yeah, but, yeah. but, uh, uh, but what the turning point for me was really discovering that, that, that to be baptized, you know, um, uh, to be a baptized person, a baptized follower of Jesus was fundamental, turned upon whether or not I was intentionally, um, hungrily, joyfully pursuing him you know, day by day. And actually, um, to be immersed in that, you know, is what my real baptism was going to be, you know, kind yeah. of baptism into this life. And so that has, so ever since then, you know, what I've always looked for, um, has been those sorts of, those groups and relationships that actually make sense mm-hmm. of when my parents knowingly on or unknowingly said, here you are, Jesus, take my child you know so they didn't know probably know what they were doing at the time but you know but 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 yeah. uh, but but god knew so well we need to stop mm. but before we do it is there something i know you've got the book there <laughs> there's something i didn't ask you that you want to say to our audience before we say good- goodbye maybe maybe just kind of uh, um summarizing all of the above um, okay. there's run, running through the book I um, both to help leaders and and uh, and uh, church members think about this I have a, a kind of uh, framework um, there's a sort of four four parts to this framework mm-hmm. of thinking about what uh, drawing those lines from from baptism you know as a uh, to baptism as a way of life and not just a uh, a moment to remember be remembered and so maybe I just say, so the, the first of those is, is baptism as an initiation into the life of discipleship. We've kind of talked about that yeah, quite yeah. a lot. And, and the un- underlying question for that is, you know, how do we work out our discipleship in daily living? How does remembering our baptism cause us to wrestle with the need for intentionally pursuing that life mm-hmm. of discipleship, in- initiation into the life of discipleship? Then baptism as a dedication to the pursuit of holiness. Mm-hmm. And by and the question there is how does holy living make us witnesses to the kingdom of God? Why why this holiness? I think sometimes we forget, you know, uh, 
that oh we think of holiness as just being kind of morally upright you know and kind of without fault and blemish and all of those things and we we strive for it legalistically and you know yeah, um, yeah. and and it becomes a chore and holiness it becomes you know something like we feel we could really secretly do without but what if holiness was to use some of the language that we've been using in this podcast what if it was about being filled with joy yeah exactly you know, what what if it's just about you know that having the joy of Jesus in our lives if we if we're not big, we're not holy in the sense that we we have the Holy One living in us mm-hmm. and through us, then how are we going to live as witnesses in the world? Holiness is about witness, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's about enjoying the life of Jesus yeah. and sharing the life of Jesus. So, so um, initiation to the life of discipleship, dedication to the pursuit of holiness, and, and participation in the mission of God. Mm-hmm. Um, so these things are what help us to... To, to do that and we often we talk a lot about well you know these days in mission circles mission belongs to God it's not just a project that the church does or a program that the church does it's actually a daily everyday living thing mm-hmm. which of course means that ultimately mission is a discipleship issue mm-hmm. to be a disciple is to be on mission with God to follow Jesus is to be on mission with God you know um, and, and to do all of that is to live the kingdom out loud Initiation to the life of discipleship, dedication to the pursuit of holiness, as participation in the mission of God. And then lastly, this bit is a good way to round out your podcast, collaboration in disciple-making fellowship. Mm-hmm. All of that we cannot do on our own. Right. No such thing as a solitary Christian. The question um, underlying that is, how do we help one another live as these mission-shaped followers of Jesus? Yeah. Because... Because, you know, day, that's a daily decision. Baptism, sometimes we think of, especially for adults, you know, oh, it's always a decision. It's either a decision of the parents um, or a, and, and then a decision that the child comes to later in life or a decision that is made by an adult. But whatever it is, that decision to follow Jesus is not something that we just make once that is signified by baptism. It's a decision we make every day mm-hmm. when we're surrounded by all of those temptations to follow some other master worst of all ourselves right yeah yeah which is why we need collaboration with in these small groups to help us uh, uh, remember our baptism and, mm-hmm. and and fulfill that that rich meaning of, of what it means thank you phil mm-hmm. uh, the book is remembering our baptism discipleship and mission in the wesleyan spirit by philip r Med- meadows that's me philip r meadows um, available from Upper Room Books or Discipleship Resources, so imprint of Upper Room Books. Um, you can get it from the Upper Room online bookstore or from Amazon.com. And you need this book. <laughs> and uh, I encourage you to use it in your churches and uh, you will not regret it. And it's a, it's a rich resource for us today. And thank you, Phil, for writing it and for being with us in this podcast. Pleasure to you as always. Once again, some really good, good stuff that y'all talked about, and I really liked talking about being reimmersed. You know, not not obviously rebaptized, but being reimmersed into the life of of a disciple. Uh, that was really helpful, and and as was that that fourfold framework he gave. Um, and one in particular stuck out to me was that baptism is a dedication to the pursuit of holiness. Yeah. Holiness is not a word we we use or use well uh, today. I mean, it has unless, unless we talk about social holiness. 
well, then, yeah, we... And, and then we talk. misunderstand yeah, that. Yeah, we don't use that well. <laughs> you know, and one of the ways that was imparted to me when I was younger, what holiness looks like, was, was caught in the slogan that goes like this. That, and I'm sure I'm going to butcher this because I <laughs> laugh every time I say it. And, and that is, we don't drink, smoke, or chew, and don't date girls who do. I, I did it, right? That, that's what I was told. That you do those, You don't do those things... And by golly, you're on your way to well, godliness. Well, they forgot play cards. Oh, yeah, no, we didn't. Yeah, I guess we were okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> that apparently wasn't, but, but wasn't yeah, part of it. Yeah, that, and that's what, particularly in the 19th century, mm. Methodism and, and well, in, in Protestantism in this country, that's what holiness was reduced to. Was what you don't. What what you don't do, and, and it's about moral. Notes. It's more about moralism. Ah, that's a good way to put it. Than discipleship. And holiness in the Wesleyan tradition is ultimately all about discipleship. It's about what do you love? Mm. Mm. You know, because Wesley, when he defined what he meant by holiness, none of that smoking, drinking, card playing, dance, you know, we don't, all that <laughs> stuff we don't do. Yeah. He doesn't say anything about that. Man, if they'd have told me that when I was in high school. <laughs> it's, you know, and, and there are, don't, you know, particularly in, in the first general rule, first general rule that's what there's certain the things that, that don't, Methodists don't do. Don't do any harm, right? But and, it's and about that, not doing harm. Right, and there's, there's ways we don't do that. Yeah, And ultimately, for us as, as Wesleyan Methodists, United Methodists, holiness is about loving God with all of your heart, soul, and mind, and loving who God loves. Yeah. That's what holiness is. Yeah. Um, and when we, I think when we, and I'm not saying we should go out and smoke and drink and, <laughs> and, 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 and. I didn't figure you were. But what that does is it reduces, it, it boils holiness down to just moralistic stuff that. Well, and when you talk about accountable discipleship. Yeah. It's not, a, it's not just merely about let's be accountable to what we're not doing. Yeah. Right, but accountable discipleship is also about what you are doing. Right. How have you shown compassion? Right. Right. How have you done justice? How are you doing acts of mercy and being in worship? Those are the the habits and the practices that'll shape us to to in, into holiness. Right. Yeah. And right. I think that's and, very and helpful I for think, small groups to to be thinking about. And it's about resisting sin. Mm. And being open to the whole, to the grace of the Holy Spirit yeah. to heal the damage that sin has done. Yeah. Um, and so, I guess my other point is that by reducing holiness to those don'ts, yeah, we also reduce the power of sin mm. to things mm. that we do or don't do. I when sin is much a much deeper problem than y- that. Yes. Yes, I give you an amen there. Yeah, and uh, you know the covenant prayer, which I'll mention, I think, yes. is a part of that. I mean, uh, one of the phrases I stumble over when I get to that covenant prayer is, or the line where it says, "Use me as you will, but you know, don't use me as right. well, or put yeah. me aside." And then, and that set me aside. Set me aside. That that that's a really humbling thing, mm-hmm. right? And 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 I think a needed prayer in our time, yeah, um, for for any of us. Who who are in leadership? Because with that comes, if we're a small group leader, if we're a pastor or whatever, it gets real easy to be about, well, God's using me, right? And, and we got to get out of the way sometimes. Yeah. And so for small group leaders in particular, who we hope are listening to this podcast, we hope that's 
an important part. So I'm sure this has been very helpful for, for a lot of folks. And so we're, we're very glad that Phil is um, able to lend his wisdom and, to us. And I hope, and I suspect, and I, I suspect, and I hope, and the reason we did this, one of the reasons we did, I, we did this interview was to encourage people to get that book. Yeah, absolutely. And to use it in their churches. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. So we want to, we want to. Remembering Our Baptism. What was what the, subtitle? the title? Remembering Our Baptism. And I lost it there. Uh, Remembering Our Baptism, Discipleship and Mission in the Wesleyan Spirit. That's yep. the title. Absolutely. Make sure we can get that. So we want this to be as interactive as possible, as we've said before. So uh, find us on Twitter, on Facebook, on email. You can find our email addresses at our website, umcdiscipleship.org. You can find me on Twitter at Rev Scott's Tweets and at UMC Adult Form. And you'll find me on Twitter at at S Manskar. It's S-M-A-N-S-K-A-R. You're going to do the credits? Do the credits. So, yeah, we want to thank Matt Carlisle, our web producer. Steve Horswell Johnson, executive producer. And, and Blake. Blake. <laughs> <laughs> Who's now a married man. Who is a married man. Yeah, so congratulations, Blake. Uh, congratulations. Very excited for you. Um, so we look forward and to... He's our technical director. He's the one that makes yeah. these things work. That's right. He's very <laughs> important. We wouldn't do this without him. Not well, anyway. So thanks, Blake. Uh, so we look forward to engaging with you. Um, please continue to give us um, ratings on iTunes. It helps other people find us. And so until next time, peace. Small Groups in the Wesleyan Way podcast has been a production of Discipleship Ministries, an agency of the United Methodist Church. Visit all our podcasts at podcasts.umcdiscipleship.org.